one of the biggest things you have to think about if you're going to turn your passion into a job like before you get to do what you love for a living you need to get very very good at doing what you love Welcome, you're listening to Working Out, a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love. Hi, Paddy. Hey, how are you? Um, good, how are you? We bit of hesitation there. Tired. And I read a really depressing um, question and answer thing on Quora this morning, but let's yeah. not talk about that. How are you? Oh, you can't tease me like that. You have to tell me what it was. No, it was really depressing, honestly. It would bring the whole tone of everybody's day right down. Okay. Well, that's not what we're going to do. Then. No. <laughs> no. Are you having a good day? I'm having an alright day, yeah. Just sitting doing a bit of work. I always think that you can get more work done when the weather's rubbish outside. There's something yeah. really romantic about locking yourself away when it's raining outside yeah yeah it's it's so much tougher to work whenever it's nice and sunny and you just want to go out and escape so yeah but you have a wee do you not have a wee balcony or something that you do your work from in those days Mm, sometimes but yeah shiny screens you can't really do much so that's true so i like our topic today yeah i'm kind of excited about talking about it because i think it's something a lot of people want to know how to do or kind of working towards that. Mm -hmm. So our topic is, you know, how to actually turn your passion into a business. So how do you make that leap from something you're doing as a, as a hobby um, into something that, that, that you live off. And that's something that we're kind of both in the middle of, uh, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. But it so, seems like a very fitting topic because I'm just back from the Meet Conference in Aberdeen. Oh, yeah. And that's what the entire conference was about. So it was about... Um, this is what I like about that conference. It was very themed. It was about... had all of these very successful designers talking about how they've been working on their side projects, which I think is essentially just another word for hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, been working on these things outside of, of their main job, chipping away at them and the kind of success that they've experienced as a, as a result on that. Um, and in particular, the speaker that made a bit, the biggest impression on me was Aaron Draplin. Have you heard mm-hmm. of him? Yeah, yeah, I've seen him speak. Uh, oh, where did you see him speak? Uh, that must have been at Build back in Belfast about, that must have been a couple of years ago. Well, I just thought he was phenomenal. I don't know what he was like in Build, but at, at me, he really, he was more, just as much an entertainer slash performer than yeah. he, he was as a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was talking about going through his whole journey and, you know, he's a logo designer, but in his spare time, he for whatever reason, decided to start making these little notebooks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize I'm such a huge fan of field notes. I have them, I have a field notes in every single room of my house and I just love them. I had no idea he was the guy that was behind them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I have tons of field field notebooks here, but like I never want to write in them. I always keep them. I always get them at conferences and stuff, but I always want to keep them good. I don't want to ruin them with my... No way. You see, that's why I prefer field notes to however you want to say it. Is it moleskin? Is it moleskin? Whatever. 
um, because I really want to pre preserve those. But with field notes, they're just so bendy and they're designed to be kind of written in and torn up and thrown about and mm -hmm. taken out into a field yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, he, he was doing his, his logo job and decided to start up, like make these little notebooks. And now obviously you and I, you're in Belgium, I'm in Scotland, this guy's in somewhere in America. I mean, that's how widespread field notes have become. They've become mm -hmm. massive and oh, yeah. so much so that, you know, he was telling us these, these really beautiful stories about how this, doing this little hobby on the side and exploring this little side project has enabled him to... For example, take his parents to a car lot and say, pick any car you want. Or take his dad, who was a massive Disney fan, to Disneyland for his 70th birthday, pay for his whole family to go there. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was such a great story about how he started something, didn't really expect it to take off as it is, just kind of wanted to um, express his, explore his creativity a bit more outside of designing logos. Did these little notebooks, they took off. It's international and he might not be a multimillionaire, but he's been able to provide his family with these really amazing experiences. And that's, I think that's what most people want. They want to kind of pursue this little hobby on the side and for it to have that kind of impact on their life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was great. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's really the whole field, field notes just has a great, a great brand around it and, uh, and you see them everywhere at, at conferences and stuff they just have such um you know people love them and that's uh it's such a such a simple thing as well that it's just nice nice little notebooks that are you know they do one thing and do one thing really well and it's not not too complicated and it's just really nicely branded and that's why that's why they become you know successful with all the the hard work that they put in yeah, and you would expect that with the success that this brand has seen and how, you know, kind of everybody in our industry knows who this brand is. This is why I was so surprised to find out that it was just one guy behind it. I thought it was an actual full-time job. I thought it was a, a company and it's just him. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre, but this was six speakers speaking about very similar things to that. And my takeaway from the whole day, which I put on Twitter, was... Exploring creativity through side projects or hobbies essentially leads to landing better clients and work, or it can even lead to starting a new business altogether, which it did for me. Now, I'm kind of worried about today, Paddy, because this topic really excites me, so I'm worried that I talk too much. <laughs> so it's going to be an extra long episode. No, no, we're, we're going to keep it, keep it short. Um, but I just want to say before we go any further that it is very important important that despite all of these it's very easy to sit in the audience and listen to these people speak and think i'm going to go do that too but it takes a lot of work mm -hmm. yeah doesn't definitely. it mm -hmm. what are well, your thoughts on that well i kind of uh, i made some notes on on a kind of path towards turning a passion into a business and the first the first step that i well, uh, I had a couple of first steps. So one step, the first step, uh, I think, is that you have to realize that that absolutely anything can can make money. So any passion that you have can be turned into a business, whether that's you know making nice little notebooks or photography or anything. If you're if you're good at something, uh, someone will pay you for it. So it doesn't matter how 
how uh, bizarre your scale or how um, niche you think it is the the world's big enough for for any skill so don't think your passion is something that only you're interested in you can definitely find a way to to monetize it and the other thing was it's not just going to be all fun and games you have to uh, decide whether you actually want to turn your passion into a job because uh, remember what you said about photography and why you don't do that full-time it's because you want to keep it as a passion and not turn it into like a full-time job with all the the headaches that would that would come with it and you would kind of lose your enthusiasm maybe for for the actual um the photography side of it so i think you have to accept that it's going to be a ton of work and there's going to be a lot of things that aren't going to be, be so great about it and you're going to have headaches and you'll have to look into you know all the not so nice things like financing or you know buying expensive equipment or finding an office or whatever your skill may be but you're going to have a ton of things that aren't just all fun and games so uh, and you have to you know put in a ton of work so those are a couple of things you kind of have to realize before you turn it into turn it into business but you you've talked about that before with your with photography yeah um but I, first of all i have a question mm-hmm. uh you know how you were talking about kind of having this like it's okay to pursue a niche skill and that you can pretty much monetize if you're passionate about something it is possible to monetize it mm-hmm. well you know the guy that made the 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 pooper scooper for dogs right is, okay. is he passionate about pooping or scooping that's what i want to know i have no idea and but i mean it sounds like that sort of thing sounds like it came from someone who is one of these kind of uh, serial inventors? Like they just invent yeah, they lots say of different pain things. points, and they address those pain points. <laughs> yeah, they just invent things, you know, all the time, and just keep uh, keep inventing things. And I think that's that's their passion is just coming up with little ways to solve problems. So it doesn't really necessarily have to be problems that you're passionate about, but the the actual coming up with um, coming up with an idea to to solve somebody's you know pain with a certain problem i mean that that's fulfilling their passion so that's what they're doing for a living okay yeah i guess so um but (laughs) sorry for the weird the weird analogy by the way um but yeah photography i don't want to pursue that 100 percent full-time i'm really happy with the balance that i've got right now which is being able to pick and choose which jobs I want to take on because I'm not fully dependent on it to pay my bills. Um, but with that said, being able to being in this position in the first place where I'm actually, you know, I, I have people wanting to pay me money to do photography, to do my hobby. That still arose in a very similar way to what, you know, the, the talks that I listened to at meet confidence that still arose in a very similar way. Um, I had I never for a second even thought that I would be in a position to to make money from photography. I just loved photos and I loved taking photos so much that I made time to fit it in around my job. That was mm-hmm. just a no-brainer to me. Like I love photos. I would even get up at 5 a.m. to catch the sun rising. Yeah. <laughs> um or you know my my weekends were spent taking photos. So I put in the hard work and I put in the time and I put in 
everything that was required for me to to get good at what it is that I do and eventually that led to to getting paid for it but I'll actually tell you how I ended up getting if if you want to hear my how I ended up getting into photography I'd love to hear it okay Paddy because I don't think that I've I'm sure I haven't spoken about this on working out before um but like I said love taking photos so much and just basically wanted the opportunity to take more photos. Now, at the time I was living, this was three years ago, I was living in a tiny little village. Like the type, you know what's small? Have you ever lived in a small town before, Paddy? Yeah, I come from quite a small town. It's about 5,000 people, 6,000 people. That's, that's, I would say that's small. Okay. I think it's small. It's not a city anyway. No. So in a city, you can be who you want to be and do what you do. And nobody bats an eyelid. But in a small town, people tend to pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking photos all the time. And there was this local news website that um, obviously covered the news in the area. But their photography was so poor. The quality was so low. And I decided to basically just email them and say hey I think your photography sucks um here's my photos I can't believe I did that at the time if you Mm -hmm. ever need me to you know to take photos for you then then just get in touch and um this worked out really well for me which you know you might have some thoughts on doing doing work for free because I was essentially saying I will do work for you for free but Mm -hmm. I was just at that stage with my hobby where I was I loved it. It consumed me, but I was still kind of figuring out what I enjoyed shooting. I wasn't quite sure. So I was willing to get involved in anything to, to see, you know, where it would take me. So emailed them and said, your photographer sucks. Here's my photos. The editor got back in touch with me and to cut a long story short, we had some meetings and he was like, yeah, let's, let's give you your own photo blog on our news website. And that was great because that had, um, that was three years ago that had 6,000 unique hits a day, which to some people doesn't seem a lot. But when you're in a small town and you have that many people and a very, a very targeted audience seeing your work, mm-hmm. that, that was, that like, that was amazing for me. It was actually pretty crazy. I would have people <laughs> approaching me in the street and saying, Oh, you're a girl with a camera. We love your photos and shaking my hand and stuff. It was crazy because mm-hmm. my photos were being seen by all of these people in my area. It was very, very targeted. Um, And it didn't take long. It only took about, gosh, a couple of weeks to a month before I got my first email saying, senior photos on, you know, the news, the news. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We would love to book you for our wedding. And that's how my career started. My career, can you call it a career? Because I still consider it a bit of a a hobby that I get paid for. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's how my career started by, I seeked that opportunity. I didn't wait for anything to happen to, for me. I went out and said, I want to take these photos for you. And they said, okay. And because it was so targeted, I, I landed my first job and it's just been, it's just kind of blown up from there. What, that's, what do you think that's, of that? That's, I mean, the, it all came out of, um, it all came out of you taking one tiny step towards getting your goal and so many people uh don't take any steps towards um their goal they just keep you know their passion in the back of their head and think oh wouldn't it be great to you know be a photographer um for a living but they never take any steps towards that they never realize that that they could you know 
have something more out of out of this hobby but you took even just however long it took to send an email to to someone and that kind of snowballed and turned into more and more stuff so it's it's all about just you know taking a step towards towards your goal yeah well, photography was never like i said this is actually quite a new hobby for me if you think about it in the grand scheme of things um i didn't grow up wanting to play with cameras whereas you i kind of get the impression that you knew that you've always been in a design and a creative field um have you like did you have you just always had creative jobs yeah well i mean i started i I can't really remember um i think i chose multimedia design kind of subjects when i was going off to uni i mean i was always interested in in art and drawing and things like that and computers as well growing up but uh i chose some multimedia design sort of opportunities at uni um for my you know choices to to go to university but i don't remember i don't remember really putting much thought into it and i think the course i ended up in which was kind of web design it was kind of kind of lucky that it was an industry that really really turned out to really interest me and it was in a it was in a stage where web design you know this is about what 10 years ago where web design was really moving uh, you know, the CSS was was being used a lot more, and and it was the industry was kind of transforming, and and it was just a, it was an interesting uh, period to to be in, in in the web design industry, and that kind of kept my interest there, and then it moved on to other things. With you know, I started getting into uh, designing iPhone apps, and and then into kids games and stuff, and it it's all kind of snowballed um from there but i I never i never thought okay i'm gonna set out to become a a a web designer or a a designer for games and things like that i never never had that in my head it's just kind of that's where i've ended up but you know in the last few years when i've made the choice to go freelance and made the choice to okay this is the stuff i really like to do so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep doing that and i'm not gonna do the stuff i i don't want to do but I never really had a, a goal in mind years and years ago that that okay I wanna I wanna become a, this sort of designer or or anything. It's just kind of that's the way it ended up. But yeah, now I'm choosing. Um, now that I've gone through this period of discovery of of the different areas of design and I've dabbled in print design and and uh, web design and and all sorts of things. I'm kind of discovering what I like and what I don't like and and I've gone into illustration work and so it's it's all kind of been discovering what what I really do like and what I would consider you know doing for for my job. Yeah, and all of that that kind of discovery phase and working for other people before you got to the point where you're at now where you're kind of really trying to to push forward with doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. All of that was really necessary to to figure out what it is you like doing, but also to get good at what you're doing, wasn't it? Like you don't regret all of that period of time where you were working for somebody else and doing no, that. No, no. That was all necessary to to get to where you are. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest um, things you have to think about if you're going to turn your passion into a job, like before you get to do what you love for a living, you need to get very very good at doing what you love. You need to be 
an expert on on the topic. So it doesn't matter what it is. You you need to you need to be a master at it and know every. Uh, you need to know every all the ins and outs of of that industry, even the stuff that doesn't particularly interest you. And you need to um, you need to put in the the hours, you know, perfecting your your photography skills uh, and know everything about lighting and and all the different types of camera and and the photo editing software and all the different stuff that that might not interest you. But if you're gonna if you're gonna want to pursue it, you need to you need to become an expert and put in the time and it's not, that's the, the difference between deciding, am I going to, is this going to just remain a hobby and I just get to do the, I just want to do the, the nice stuff and have it as a bit of fun. Or if I'm going to be serious about it and this is going to be a career, I need to really put in the time to become an expert in whatever field I'm interested in. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Right now, I actually have met a bunch of people recently who are all in the same boat. They are working full time, um, mostly in design jobs, but in their spare time, you know, they're doing a bit of freelance, which is really common in our industry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But they do kind of want to pursue the freelance side of things a bit more. How, I mean, gosh, this topic is massive. I mean, how do you go from making that transition and also, I mean, at the end of the day, when you come home from your full-time job, you might not have that energy to yet again sit in front of your computer for another few hours and chip away at your freelance work. Mm -hmm. How do you get past that? Is it a case of forcing yourself to do it? Um, Or should you naturally be excited about it? Well, there definitely needs to be, uh, there needs to be a certain level of, of passion and so for example what what I did was I started uh taking on some freelance work in the evenings and weekends and that that ate up a lot of time but I was still passionate about the the work so I didn't really mind um losing my my free time because I was doing stuff that I was interested in and sure sometimes the projects weren't weren't 100% um what I really wanted to do at that time but I knew okay this is this is part of the work and this is part of this project and I need to get it done. So I need to make the time for it. And, um, you need to kind of see if the good outweighs the, outweighs the bad. And if you can see it going, you know, long term, can I keep this up? Is it, you know, 70% really enjoyable stuff and 30% not so enjoyable. Can I, can I live with that? And, so going freelance for me, I saw that, yeah, okay, um, there's a lot more, there are a lot more upsides to, to going freelance than, than working for someone else. And, um, that's, that's something you just have to, uh, again, it's all in this kind of, uh, this realization of, do I want to do, um, do I want to do my passion as my job? And there are a lot of things to, considering that and there are aren't going to be everything's it's not going to be just uh, a lot of fun every day and and you have to accept that so i know what you're trying to say um just basically that it's not all fun and games there are going to be times when you know you've got to you there are going to be times where you really it does feel like work it's not just your passion. It's not just your hobby. It will get to a point where it does also feel like work. Mm. Um, and that's what that's what you don't want to get um, out well, of your photography, right? You I don't want to. Don't get me wrong. It does still feel like work on a Saturday morning when I've got to be 
on location at 10 a.m. for a shoot, mm -hmm. it feels like work because I wouldn't have been able to go out on Friday night and get drunk with my friends. <laughs> um, not that I do that every Friday night, but you know what I mean? That option isn't there for me. So it still feels like work. Um, for In this week, for example, I'm tomorrow I fly down to Gatwick to go and shoot a wedding. And all of that feels like work because... Um, but, but, but I just don't want... To, it's I just take on enough of it that even though it, yes it's work it still is a lot of fun to me if I like I said if I do about 10 weddings a year if I did 50 weddings a year I just think it would be so destroying because it would be so repetitive it would be so nice. monotonous um mm -hmm. just 10 is a good number for me but I think it's worth noting that you know all of this stuff whatever it is that you want to do whatever it is that you want to whatever your hobby is and you're considering getting paid for it or kind of want to go, want to pursue that. Um, it's worth no noting that it, it doesn't happen overnight. It is going to be a gradual process and it does require you to lay foundations over time. Mm -hmm. um, for example, maybe just building an audience so that let's just say you've decided that you want to be a writer and write an ebook about something you know, you've got to spend a significant period of time building your audience and um, establishing yourself, like you said, as a kind of authority in that topic, expert on that topic. But really good example that I can think of is, um, do you know Chris Spooner? Mm -hmm. So I remember following Chris before he did any Line 25 blog spoon, spoon graphics. I remember following him when he was just working for you know, like a local agency, um, which was, that must have been, what, seven, eight years? No, seven years ago or something. Mm -hmm. And he was just, you know, he was working there, full-time job, and then started this blog on the side, Blogspoon Graphics, and gradually over time built, built an audience around illustration and design. Yeah. Monetized it to the point, so successfully to the point that he was able to quit his job and go full time on these these blogging websites that he was doing, these design illustration websites he was doing. And he's put in that hard work. But now that he has put in that work and he has built his audience, he's been able to repeat that success over and over again. He's done it with Line 25. Mm -hmm. And he's even done it with he his gaming. Do you, do you know he's a gamer? Yeah, he, he records videos, doesn't he, of, um, uh, of him, you know, playing Call different games and stuff. Yeah. And his, um, as far as I'm aware, his YouTube channel is like partnered up with IGN, which is massive. Mm -hmm. So he's a really great example of just how all of that didn't happen overnight. He worked really yeah. hard at building an audience and monetizing and was able to quit his job and go full time. And that I think he's a, 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 a good example of it. Um, but it must have required a lot of commitment from him and consistency, commitment in the first place to come home from his day job and, you know, write the tutorials. Consistency in the sense that he would have had to do it, I don't know, maybe once a week was his posting schedule and he stuck to it, which I mm. think is the big difference between people who do turn their passion into a business and those who simply can't muster the energy or enthusiasm to do so don't you think yeah but i mean like you said uh he started small and he was you know working somewhere else and he just started one blog and and you know kept at it and kept building it up but i mean you don't have to if you have a passion and you want you're thinking about doing that as your job you don't have to jump in all guns blazing and you know quit your regular job and setting up a passion business a passion-based business um overnight like that's just a 
recipe for disaster. You need to become an expert in the field first and it'll take a while. Um, you need to take the time to learn all aspects of it and then pick up some work on the side and see how it grows and, and see if it could be successful and build it up. And, um, I think you have to, uh, start with just a small aspect of, of what your, your hobby is, uh, and just see if you see if you could make that work. And I think that's, that's all part of, of finding a niche market, which I think is really, really important. Like if you're into making, uh, bikes, for example, um, you should, you know, take it and make it smaller, like be known as the guy who makes bike saddles and make a particular type of saddle from a certain type of high quality leather or, or something and, and get a tiny corner of the market and just be, be known as that guy and have something unique, have a unique uh, voice and brand and, um, and then just, uh, get it out there and see, um, there are, you know, tons of, of niche markets that you can, that can, you can go into and, and, you know, have a, have a unique, a, a unique point of view on things and just see if they, just see if it works out and, and see if you can take it a little bit further. And then if it, you know, if you see that it starts to become successful, then you can branch out and do another little thing. And then after about two or three things, your time will be taken up and you'll, you'll most likely have enough, uh, to take up, you know, all of your time and then you'll, then you'll have a business out of it, but it's, you need to take these small steps towards, um, towards the bigger, the bigger goal. And that's maybe like, that's maybe frustrating for some people that just want to have it overnight. I want to be, I want to be a writer or a photographer or, um, a musician or whatever, but you need to put in, you know, the 10,000 hours to, to become an expert on. Man, um, that's like exactly what, that's exactly what Adam said in his talk. I mean, he's, I can't remember what age he said he is, like 40 or something. And he says that he has 20 year old kids coming up to him and saying, I want to do what you're doing. So, you know, but I want to do it now. So tell me how. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hold on a second. It's taken me 20 years to get here. It's not an overnight thing. And I'm pretty sure it was either him or somebody else did mention the 10,000 hours thing too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is, it is a very gradual process um i think that's important to remember as well if you are trying to make this a reality and turn your passion into a business and you don't see it happening straight away you don't see it happening six months down the line just stick with it because sometimes it can take it took me took me a couple of years to get to the point where i was getting paid for it you know Mm -hmm. but that's that's what we talked about a bit in the the talent versus hard work episode where you're only seeing the finished product when you look at other people and you look at what they're doing and you don't, you don't see the 20 years of, of hard work and, and sleepless nights and doing the stuff they didn't want to do. You didn't, you don't see any of that and you just want to get to the finish line and be, Oh yeah, I want to do what he does. So it's really, you have to be realistic and, and accept all aspects of, um, of a passion based business and all the stuff that you're there, you're not going to enjoy. Um, but you really need to, you really need to put the work in. So, I mean, you're going to have to put the work in anyway. So, uh, why not go for, a uh, going into an industry that you're, that you're passionate about where you'll get, uh, where the work will be, will be rewarding. The only other thing I wanted to say is, um, that you should actually 
the the last step in uh, doing a passion based business is is to actually start, like actually do something. You've always got everybody's got so many ideas rolling around in the back of your head. Like I'd love to be a musician or photographer or uh, whatever, but more often than not, these ideas will just you know stay there in the back of your head, and you'll never get around to them. But even if it doesn't work out as a a business, you should at least give it a try. Otherwise, how will you ever know if it could have been, you could have had a successful career at it. Um, and no matter what your passion is or what industry it's in, I'm sure you could take one tiny step towards it, you know, today. So whether that's looking into seeing if there's funding available for the, the idea that you have or taking a uh, half an hour to work on your Photoshop skills or finding a, finding a guitar teacher or like you did just sending an email to a local newspaper or, you know, whatever it is, you could take one tiny step towards it today. And that just makes it, if you take the first step, you know, the second one comes a lot, a lot easier and you just keep going. Amen. Edit that bit out. (laughs) I'm definitely keeping that in. You can find us at workingoutpodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at workingoutshow. 